All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Jackman Radio. I'm very excited tonight. Um, he finally cleared legal. We had months and months of meetings with the lawyers back and forth between um, Dershowitz and Johnny Cochran's dream team. But I'm so excited to announce tonight that we are joined by the host of No Way Jose, the one and only Mr. Jose Gellison. Jose, how you doing, man? Doing all right. Uh, I'm glad to finally have made it here. Uh, I feel like this is an accomplishment all of its own. Uh, I'm glad to be here to talk to you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been wanting to have you on for a while. And yeah, it seems like your schedule's been picking up too, man. You've been doing some epic shows lately. Yeah, I mean, sort of. I took the week off because I just hit a, hit a, got a strike and I was like, well, you know, I actually didn't have anything scheduled. And I was like, well, uh, I guess this is just, I'll take this as a sign to take a week off. So. That way, you know, because the strike only lasts for a week. They got me for questioning uh, uh, questioning that uh, religious ceremony we hold every four years. Uh, mm. th that's a good way to say it, I guess. Um, was a complete fraud, as we know. It was totally uh, totally rigged. We're not going to say what it was, Jose, but it was totally rigged. Yes, exactly. Totally and uh, It's funny, too, because a lot of us had the rigged one, and then it was, like, top. It was like, nope, stolen. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's probably what did it. But uh, whatever, I'm cool with <laughs> it. Tops off is like, yeah, I live in Florida now. We're gonna say stolen because you know it's the Brooklyn, Florida. You know, Bro Brooklyn meets Florida, right? Yeah, but that's surprisingly. I've got almost two hundred episodes. I've gotten one warning before, but it was for like I had like a, I used a, I think it, no, it wasn't a Jinx intro, but it was or a edit, but it was something similar, and it was like a little like a highlight with like a music video of all the messed up stuff the Feds have done, and obviously there's a lot of like violence, like Gaddafi stuff like that, and uh, like. And they got me for violence. This is all stuff that was like, you know, that was on the evening news and shit. So it's like, I mean, okay, I get it. You know, maybe some algo just saw random violence and plugged it. But whatever. I'm not. I'm, this one, I'm more like, ah, oh, what the hell? Like I, the other one, I could probably chop chalk up to just like an algo thing. But I'm surprised I've gone this far. I've I've uh, really pushed the limit. Right. Uh, and yeah. And I got away with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. awesome. Your, your, your new intro though was everything. Mike and I, uh, the last couple of weeks, have been doing the intro theme to each other. Um, the music, it just kind of, it's, it's been our spirit animal. How does oh, it sound one? like? The way the girl dances, it's like, <laughs> the guys are making the money. <laughs> How does the girl good. dance, Eric? <laughs> yep. Yeah, the girl's like. <laughs> it's a weeb dance, just a little uoo senpai those are the new. Those are the new 87,000 IRS agents just churning the butter, dude. Just churning yeah. the inflation for Brandon. They can't do it quick enough. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I thought you were talking about my uh, Jinx ones I've been using on the, Dude, all, the, the all the stuff. <laughs> the Jinx, that that Jinx guy. So um, Clint had him on his show. Oh my god, yeah. Dude, his his, his videos are are. I don't think you've seen them, Mike. This is on Twitter. This account called Jinx I'm not on Twitter. Yeah. He does these really hot thirty second to a minute long, minute and a half hot edits of like the most fire videos talking, whether it's talking about Epstein or 9-11 or the wars or CIA shit or the drug war and, and the edits and the music that he uses in the clips. Yeah. It's, it's incredible, Jose. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's really all over the place. It goes from like crazy, like, you know, legit, like, you know, uh, conspiracies like, okay, see with some, and then it goes into, he'll do edits that is weird stuff. Like is, is Trump a, a time traveler? Like it's all yeah. over the place. It, it's weird stuff. Like, but it, it's amazing. He's actually uh, he is definitely the one who's responsible for my OKC series because he had uh, the mm. edit I use the most often in the show because I've used a few different ones because he has a few different OKC edits. But uh, the one I I've used the most is the one that's uh, that like I saw and that's got like I kind of already knew OKC was kind of horseshit, uh, but like and and I knew that the official story was off, but I never really did a, a deep dive. And then 
that video kind of like it because it hit on the Terrence Yeeke angle and then that kind of like tugged in my heartstrings and then I started digging deeper and I was like holy moly and the more I dug the more I was like holy crap and then it's now it's like I'm at like what something like uh, I think I've done five episodes plus a bonus episode I'll probably have at least two more and I wouldn't be surprised if I end up doing more uh, you know other stuff that kind of surrounds it so yeah um, it's 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 a deep it's a deep hole when you go down that one. <laughs> it is, man. Years ago, I watched *A Noble Lie*. The doc, I'm sure you've seen that that documentary. And then I came back and watched it kind of recently. And after we had Scott Horton on for our hundredth um, episode, I, I kind of we t- touched on it a little bit, and um, I looked into it some more. So I was really excited to see that you you're doing an actual like kind of series on it. And you had that fellow there, Richard Booth. Is he mm-hmm. like a researcher or a journalist, or what's his background and connection to all of it? Um, I forget. I think it was no, was it Roger Charles? Is that his name? But he was kind of the protege of one of the main uh, researchers of uh, OKC. Um, he was just he's just kind of a guy researching, you know. Just uh, it's uh, I guess it's the same thing as like we call ourselves like uh, media personalities. It's like uh, okay, like I'm not I'm not saying that to like talk him down. I'm just he's a dude who just got interested, started digging, collecting the information, uh, and then he eventually over time got in touch with I think Scott Horton, and uh, was like he kind of is like he like essentially is using the libertarian institute site as like a repository for all of his resource research all the different you know whether it be uh, you know uh, videos or article clips you know kind of reveal different stuff all over the place um uh, and yeah that so i don't know if he's technically part of the libertarian institute I don't, I don't know specifically but he he is like their okc guy essentially because he's the one who's kind of like put that all together so all of his research is in the libertarian institute um, and I think it, uh, this, I guess this is a point I brought up a lot, the, something with the uh, OKC thing. I think the time that it came out kind of plays into the, uh, the, I guess the magic of it, if you will, cause like, or to the modern day of like digging into it. Cause it happened in like the nineties and this is a spot where like internet and stuff like that was just kind of happening. So it was at that spot where it was like the information's out there. It was just like kind of hard to retrieve it. And now we're in a spot where things are getting easier to find. And so now the information is kind of coming together. Uh, I mean, not that it has, it has been coming together for a while now, but it just kind of builds and builds and builds. Um, so, and I, I think that's part of why there's so much wild stuff too. Cause I think the feds were still in this phase where they were cocky. Cause like in the fifties, they could do some crazy stuff. Like you look at like MKUltra, uh, COINTELPRO, Operation Chaos, stuff like that. And you're like, they're just like doing crazy stuff and just getting away with it. But it's like, what is someone going to do? Post on the internet? Like, tell their friend about it? Like, like I, they're cool. going to get the can with the string on it. Hey, the feds did it. You know, and then two days later, get a response. <laughs> exactly. Like, if it's not getting on the evening news, it's not really getting spread in that kind of way. So, uh, yeah. It, anyways, I, I ramble about that enough. But yet, it's a, it is, it is. Yeah, that's that's who he is. He's uh he's great. Uh, he's a prime autist, and he's put his powers to, uh, of it towards OKC. Like, I'm not even kidding. I, th- I do think he's actually genuinely autistic, but it, but in like a good way. And like uh, I'm going to become a OKC completely savant. weaponized, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know when it's weaponized and it's aimed at something. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a targeted campaign. Um, yeah. So I, I haven't. I've, I've looked at Oklahoma City a little bit here and there, but. Uh, Probably what would you say are like a couple of really big takeaways from all the research you've done, Jose, and talking to him, if you had to tell somebody why the op is so fishy and why it's not what we told we were told uh, what it is. I mean, really, there's so many things you can go into. 
I mean, I can. I guess I'll just bring up a few things that were probably the most intriguing to me. Uh, I think the Yiki angle is the one that like sucks people in because he was the guy who uh, who was one of the first responders. Um, uh, he uh, he was like uh, saved multiple people from the 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 fucking uh, the OKC bombing. And uh, it was never quite said exactly what he knew, but then, you know, uh, and uh, we're going to end up, we haven't caught, touched on that yet in our series, but we will. Um, and, uh, but a lot of people have touched on the Terrence Hickey already. So there's plenty of, like if you people out there want to go dig into it, there's already plenty of information about Terrence Hickey, but he essentially, you know, said to a lot of people that like, Hey, there was weird stuff. It was, it was also looking like he was trying to link up with other people, maybe getting plans in place to kind of like, he thought something was up. Like he, he I think, if I remember correctly, he actually told his wife, and she did a radio interview uh, that, like, basically was like, like what they said happened didn't happen. I forget how he worded it. Like, I'm paraphrasing it, but he basically said something like that. But he was always really vague with her, and I think she even said something along the lines of like, uh, he implied like he didn't want to tell her kind of deal. Like he was trying to protect her. Like he was even, I think, trying to like take out a. I don't know if it was a life insurance. Well, actually, I think they were technically separated at the time. He was trying to get remarried simply for their life insurance purposes, and he was doing a lot. There was a there's a whole like hour-long radio interview with her if anyone's like really that interested like or like from like years ago uh where she goes into her whole story and from her side and it's pretty wild and yeah he he died uh you know the, the official case like they ruled it as a suicide but if you look into it, it is the most one of the most insane suicides you'll ever see it's like kind of like a hillary clinton type suicide like it was like slashes all over him he supposedly like bled in his car something ridiculous like went hundreds of yards if it might even have been a half mile to a mile or more into another field and then there was like a bullet that went through at a weird angle like the trajectory is like no one like kind of like this like no one shoots and it's like it's a weird way to shoot yourself I, I don't know i mean i guess you could but like it just a lot of weird stuff a whole bunch of cuts all over him um it and yeah, it definitely, he didn't like it. it it's pretty silly to say it was a suicide. It definitely looked like right. he got off. Um, and then that, that happened to Kenneth Trenadue as well, although I don't think he's as, exactly as much of a sympathetic character. I think Yiki uh, really tugs on the heartstrings more because he was a cop. Like, that's why he was there. He you know, he was kind of like, and I know, like, uh, I mean, I'm not sure. I know you guys are libertarian-ish. I'm not exactly sure you're a specific flavor, but I'm like an ANCAP. So I'm not a huge fan of cops. But it, uh, there is still a little part of me that when I see, like, somebody like a cop or somebody that's doing something, trying to do the right thing, and then they get screwed over, like, it does, it is kind of like, you kind of feel bad. Because you get it, like, they were trying to be the good cop. Uh, they were trying to do the noble thing, and he got off. Now, Kenneth Trinidu, he was a, um, he was a prisoner. Uh, and uh, supposedly he was getting his life together and stuff. I don't know the whole sob story around it, but uh, he got off in prison. Uh, same kind of thing. I think they ruled as a suicide, but he was like, you could visibly look at his body and see he was beat to shit. Like, he, someone beat the hell out of him, and a lot of other weird stuff, too. And uh, come to find out, I guess he looked like, I forget which one, but he looked very much like one of the, uh, I think maybe Richard Lee Guthrie. He looked very much like one of the other accomplices of Timothy McVeigh that wasn't really explicitly named in the official narrative. So it sounds like uh, they thought uh, it was him and they offed him, thinking that, you know, kind of tie up loose ends. Um, but yeah, the other two, uh, I mean, I know, I feel like I'm rambling, but there's just so much here. The the Andreas Straussmeier is mm. one of the biggest ones because um, he was a guy that like if you even if you look into like some more conspiratorial ones, most people breeze over him. Uh, but he was a guy who met with, uh, you know, McVeigh multiple times. Uh, I can't really spout off all the different connections, but he was definitely highly connected. I highly suggest going to take out my series and 
Uh, we did almost a whole episode on Strassmeyer. Strassmeyer, uh, yeah. And he was the guy who was from like Germany. He glows mm-hmm. like the sun. <laughs> Everything about him is like this dude is is a glowy. Like and, and like and we're talking like overseas glowy, like working with our glowies. Like and yeah, it, it's it, it's pretty wild. I, I I I it's hard for me to like go over all information, but he's one of the connections. It's really wild. The other one's Roger Moore. Which once again, both of these characters are characters. Even in the more conspiratorial like place you look at, most people breeze over these guys. Uh, Roger Moore was the guy that uh, even in the official narrative they'll they'll talk about him, but they only breeze over him. And that he is the guy that uh, supposedly shortly before the bombing, um, uh, who's it? Uh, McVeigh and Nichols robbed him, uh, or it may have actually just been Nichols. I think it was technically just Nichols, but you know, in accomplices, whatever. Um, they robbed him and got a bunch of his stuff because uh, he had a ton of guns, ton of, you know, I forget exactly, but, you know, things of monetary value, whether it be gold, silver, actual money, I don't remember. Uh, but eventually they stole him, took a ton of stuff off him, and this was stuff they used to have, like, uh, you know, to be able to fund their operation. Uh, and apparently, like, it, in the official stories, he was like, oh, my God, they stole from me. And it's kind of one of those things that's way too convenient. You're like, well, you stole from a guy that you already had a relationship with because uh, they had known each other before and you stole a ton of guns, ton of money. And it was like, oopsies, he stole from me. And almost just kind of seemed like a convenient excuse. And, you know, if you dig into that more, you can see also Roger Moore has a ton of fed connections. Uh, you know, that's kind of the through line with a lot of these characters. A lot of them have a ton of fed connections to where it's like, okay, like, yeah, sure. Maybe you could make the case they're not a Fed, but you get to the point where it's like, all right, we're we're kind of past the point of uh, plausible deniability. It's getting a little ridiculous. This, this thing is glowing real bright. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> working hand in glowy glove, you know. Yes. And so. um, yeah, I mean, you know, over the years, I've kind of had back and forth feelings about McVeigh and his level of involvement. But after watching a couple of your episodes, um, I, I would say, you know, he was definitely one of the masterminds and planners he drove the truck up to the building but there was clearly somebody else with him and they have the footage of that and they've never released that and i think actually congressman uh former congressman dana rohrbacher was actually pretty uh open into questioning oklahoma city he lives up in maine now so i'm going to definitely look into trying getting him on the program um but uh did did you and booth talk at all about who that other person might have been that was in the truck with mcveigh that walked away after parking it yeah, we've talked about that a few times on a few different occasions. I, and we, we did, a, I think, in one of the more recent episodes, we did go a little bit more in depth into the whole uh, John Doe 2 aspect of the story. And and because there's a whole there's so many different characters involved in this story, because he had so many different accomplices, and it looks like a lot of them did play some part in the OKC uh, bombing, uh, as opposed to just the official narrative that was just him and Nichols. Um, and right. yeah, um, God, I zoned out. What was, this, what was the question again? <laughs> uh, oh, oh uh, John Doe 2 my bad okay uh, yeah there. none of the characters match up because I believe John Doe 2 was supposed to be kind of like a darker complexion kind of a ethnically ambiguous looking type fella kind of a top lobster if you will uh, kind of my build a little more muscular could be Middle Eastern or could be Brooklyn yeah. Puerto Rican yes exactly yeah. um, so none of the major characters really seem to jive with him so that is one of the big things is like who is this guy? He's also, I think, shown up in a few other places and, like, you know, oh, sightings of that specific person. Um, I, that's one of those ones we don't know. Um, we just don't know. There are so many, you know, hands in the pot of this, like, story 
that it, it legit just could just be another person. There, there are so many different connections and, and different trails you can go down. Um, you know, uh, cause I mean, he, he had been doing stuff prior to, he had been involved in like, uh, militia movements robbing, uh, what was it? Banks or what? I don't know what they were robbing, but they, they were, he was, he'd done a lot of other stuff and made a lot of other connections and a lot of weird connections as well. And he'd been doing stuff for a while. So there are a lot of weird little trails you can go down here. But yeah. so far as John Doe two, I don't know. Uh, and I don't think really there's a whole lot of good, but they do have, then once again, I guess, uh, to your earlier question of like things that kind of like open your eyes to it. That's one of the other ones is the, uh, the security footage. They have the security footage. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a receipt for it and there's, there's yeah. the internal documents show that they saw it and they had it and, and what it showed. Yeah. And they, I think their, their official story is that they lost it um, <laughs> or, or something. Cause they're like, yep, yeah, we have it. And then I think they tried to like get it in court and they're like, <laughs> Oh, well, I don't know where it is. Um, and, I, but although later there was a, uh, Fed, I wish I could remember the story better, but uh, this one booth brought up that there was some Fed who tried to sell it to some major news network for like a million dollars. And then obviously the uh, major news network tipped off the feds uh, and never played that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it seems to be it's definitely out there somewhere. Um, maybe it'll come out at some point. Maybe it won't. Uh, one thing Richard Booth brought up, uh, which is a good point, is. He's kind of concerned, and I wouldn't. I'm kind of a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised either if they, you know, do br like drop it at some point. I'm like, oh, we found it, and they do some video editing, and you know, oh, look, oh, yep, just Timothy McVeigh. You see, all you crazy mm -hmm. conspiracy theorists, it was just Timothy McVeigh, and it sounds like kooky stuff, but in this modern day, that's not outside the realm of like what oh, is. They possible. could deep. They could totally deep yeah. fake it. They could have yeah. top locks to go in and just airbrush it, and it would <laughs> just be put, a, put a giant dick in there or something and say that was the accomplice. Yeah, people would, um, people would well, go for it. It's like Jose that footage of Flight One Seventy Five hitting the World Trade Center that that dropped twenty years after the fact. Yeah, that was. I don't weird. know if that, you saw that. That was fucking wild to see that dude. Yeah, I don't know what that angle is. That 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 whole thing for From me. Above. I go well, so schizo. Uh, I'm not Jinx, like a no planer or anything. Jinx did like a uh, Jinx did a video about that. I think so. But yeah. like. The guy, to me, that just reads as like if I have to come up with a crazy conspiracy theory, I genuinely think that it may just be them fucking with us. Like we're gonna fuck with the crazy schizos and be like, "Yep, all you guys were like no plane." Look, because uh, I do think there was probably. I mean, I've never done a deep nine eleven dive, but the a lot of the, like the no planers or it's only one plane. I don't go that far. I do think it happened. I think uh, there are definitely weird Israel and Saudi connections, and so that's more where the real. Hot yeah, issues at. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people go like, "Oh, controlled demolition." Maybe I don't know. I kind of doubt it. Uh, and then people go to like no plane or or just one plane. I'm like, all right, we're getting a little crazy here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Those but, are sidebars yeah. just to distract from the real yeah. good stuff, you know? Yeah, which is like that's kind of my theory on this. Is like the feds are just like, you know what? Let's just let's rile them up Come a little up bit, make them shit. seem more crazy. Throw <laughs> the pot. Now, did you ever look into the, any of the stuff about McVeigh being part of a? Um, undercover unit when he was in the military where he would pretend to be a militia guy and infiltrate these movements and get in with them and run yeah, operations Pat, and stuff. Pat Con. Uh, Pat I don't Con. think he ever explicitly said it was Pat Con. Uh, once, once again, I want to tell everybody a lot of stuff I'm saying, I may not recall it perfectly. So definitely go watch the series. And watch fuck the series. Up the details. Yeah. But... And Booth look at is, Richard Booth's work, which yeah, can be found at antiwar.com or... Uh, libertarianinstitute.com or is it .org? .org. Dot com, I think. Yeah. One of the two. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, someone can look it up. Someone, I'm sure someone in the chat will put it. But, uh, God, what was it? Uh, 
damn it, what was the question? I'm zoning out today. Uh, Sorry, I didn't, yeah, didn't well, mean to interrupt you. Well, talking about McVay and Pat yes. Con and, and being an undercover, uh, glowy part of an operation. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, there was. Like, there's a lot to support that he at least said that because I mean, whether it's true or not is right to be not to is like. It's one of those things because, like, uh, and there have been people who have admitted this is a thing that does happen, is they would take people from the military, uh, even specifically, you know, I guess, because the thing was he he did, and this is basically confirmed, he did go, he was in the military, he did go for, I forget which specifically which one, but for some special force unit, might have been Green Berets, I I don't recall, uh, because he was Army, um, but uh, the, the... the story is the official story is that he had issues with like his foot or something because uh, he'd been on a long deployment and you know like uh, just kind of hadn't really been able to take care of himself as well out there in the out in the, the sandbox um, and so he just wasn't up in like you know peak condition for this and so he ended up failing out uh, of you know special forces training uh, at least that's what he told a lot of people uh, you know because like the story is that's supposed to be the official story like and. He, but then he did tell some people, I believe, I think it might have been like a letter to his sister. His sister or, in a letter. Yeah, some shit yep. like that. I, where he, like, basically was like, no, I uh, I got, like, I got contacted to be in a special unit or some stuff. Right. And there have been other people who have corroborated this is a thing that they do do. Mm-hmm. It's called sheep dip. Sheep dip. Yeah. And they would, uh, and the thing is, the, the problem is, like, people looking for evidence and i know it's kind of like convenient if you're going to conspiracy world they're like look at you you crazy people with no evidence jumping to conclusions like there would be no evidence for this there just wouldn't because right. the thing is they basically uh some i don't know if they technically get rid of your records or what but they're mm-hmm. basically uh you know out of the prying eyes of the public for essentially eternity or gone you know one of the two um so yeah good luck finding any evidence of that but yeah it is heavily rumored he was involved in like PatCon. Um, which it definitely seems that way. Because uh, I do know when he did get picked up, one of the first things he, he did, he was kind of singing to the cops when he first got picked up. Kind of basically like, hey, you know, guys, don't worry. This will be all okay. I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm one of you. I'm one of, I'm one of the feds, you know, and like had a whole story. And he was talking about too, about how uh, I think he even, if I recall correctly, I believe while he was waiting to go and he said something along the lines of how, they would, uh, you know, they would, uh, you know, run drugs for the uh, feds um, to get, you know, fund their operations, which, you know, doesn't sound that crazy now because, uh, you know, like, say some crazy got pulled in and was making bullshit up. Like in modern day, you'd be like, OK, yeah, well, you just watch a few movies. But in 95, that wasn't like a common knowledge thing. And that wasn't thing that no. had been completely admitted at that time that that is 100 percent a thing the feds have done is they would you know, run drugs and do mm-hmm. shit like that. So, th- I mean, that's weird, uh, you know, that he kind of, like, copped up to that. I don't think he ever specifically said PatCon, but he did say something along the lines of, like, you know, kind of, like, infiltrating militias yeah. and stuff, which that's another thing, you know, kind of like the same point of the drug running thing is that wasn't something that had been admitted at the, at the time. And then later it was came out that, oh, yeah, we had a PatCon operation. Which yeah. was essentially exactly what Timothy McVeigh was And then isn't, isn't there some kind of creepy footage of him that might be him in a tank? Yeah, uh, Richard Booth doesn't seem to think much of it. And I don't really think a whole lot of it either. Is that uh, him I or watched, they haven't proven it's him? 
supposedly the guy, the the I forget what specifically was, some director or some shit. He uh of something. I guess he was at a military base and he took a video and then later he's like, oh my god, this looks just like McVeigh. And this the idea to kind of prove the uh, whole Pat Con link, the idea that he was still in the military after right. being out of the military. Right. Um and I mean, you look at the. I watched the video, um, and it doesn't. I mean, it, they look alike. I could believe it's the same person, but Timmy Vey is also the generic white dude face. He just is. He looks. He's yeah. a very generic looking white guy. He just is. Um, and like, so it's not that crazy. Like, I even joked with Booth. Like, like I could totally believe if someone, if like you made up some crazy story and someone's like, "Yeah, this is Timmy Vey. He survived." I could be like, "Okay, I can see it." Like even like Booth. Kind of has a similar face structure, long face, you know, kind of a lot of same stuff. Same thing with with, with McVeigh. McVeigh looked very similar uh, to a lot of people. I guess supposedly the big aspect, the sort of smoking gun, not quite smoking, is that the guy I guess took it to like a because the guy talked in it. The guy he's playing mm-hmm. McVeigh, he took it to some voice guy and he was like said it was something like an eighty five or something percent match, which I don't know. I hear that and I don't really feel like that's that strong. I don't know. But apparently uh, the guy said supposedly that I would testify in court that that is entirely him. I guess saying mm-hmm. 85% voice match is good enough to say that. I don't know. Apparently, according to Booth, I forget the details, there have been other people who have done research that kind of cast doubt upon that to see. I guess someone followed up with that uh, supposed you know voice expert, and he was like, no, I didn't fucking say that. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean – and that's a, one of the great things about this the series and with bringing Booth or with, along with me, he he doesn't he doesn't go into the fantastical. And if it's something mm. that's not backed up or doesn't have, and it's because it's kind of like with that one, like he he kind of like implied, like I don't know, it could be, but there's not really there's nothing really there's not really anything here other than he kind of looks like him. That's really it. So yeah, and to go along with government, you know, uh, drug running and intelligence agencies being involved in drug running and bringing it into America, you, you of course have Iran Contra back in the '80s, and um, you know later on, you know the crack epidemic from Roger the '80s. Roger Moore had connections to the uh, the Iran Contra. But. Yeah, and, and, yeah, the, that Barry makes sense. Seal. And then, and then, yeah, Barry Seal and um, another great 9/11 researcher that I don't think gets enough coverage or plays, Daniel Hopsicker, and he actually went down to the flight schools in Florida. Uh, not long after the 9-11 attacks happened and basically discovered that the flight schools down there were um, fronts for drug running. Uh, Huffman Aviation, where two, where Mohammed Atta showed up in July of 2000, um, that same week, one of the owners of the flight school got busted with 43 pounds of heroin, one of the largest drug busts, the same week that the, you know, the hijacker who flew into the uh, first World Trade Center building on uh, Flight 11. So, uh, he had a great book, Daniel Hopsicker, called Welcome to Terrorland, which talks all about those connections and the Dutch national Rudy Deckers who ran the place and Wally Hilliard who financed it. And uh, um, I'm hoping to do it, maybe a show about that leading up to the 21st anniversary. Cause yeah, you had the balls to ask Jeb Bush about that, Mike. Yeah, I asked Jeb about it because uh, Hopsicker did some great on-the-ground research about that. Um, he talked to a uh, cop, you know, you're mentioning cops earlier, man. I think, you know, I think uh, like any profession, man, there's there's great, mostly good people and, and people who want to do the right thing. But like anything, there's there can be a propensity for corruption or people wanting to use their power to, you know, to abuse people and abuse the system. But Hopsicker dug up this local cop who, who, you know, had won awards and was great with the community. And he was like, yeah, the day after 9-11. 
a C-130 showed up down here at the flight school uh, with a, um, a rider truck that was driven onto it that had all the records from the uh, Huffman Aviation Flight School. And aboard that C-130 was Governor Jeb Bush. They took all the records and then they flew away and no one ever saw them again. So a rider a, truck, you say? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they could have been driven by uh, McFay and, and McAvee. They could both still be alive. They were uh, they were driving it. They were working on it. You know, he was a mechanic for the truck. But um, yeah, that's a whole area of 9/11 you don't hear a lot about because everyone's um, arguing about you know Building Seven and thermite and the towers and what happened at the Pentagon. And I think that just distracts from a lot of the really great nitty gritty and maybe more nuanced and maybe less less like flashy stuff related to yeah. it. But I, st I think it's really important. It's a huge crux of it because Mohammed Atta was hanging out with a guy named uh, Wolfgang Boringer, who later turned out was a CIA asset. That was yeah. his drinking buddy. And uh, we were told, well, no, the hijackers were devout Muslims. They, they didn't they didn't drink. And it's like, well, there's stories down in Florida of them hanging out with strippers and drinking and, you know, drugs and you know, wads of cash and wearing airline outfits and all kinds of crazy stuff. So there's a whole other story there that you don't hear about a lot. But uh, Daniel Hopsiger goes into it quite a bit. And um, yeah, I yeah, think no, for like, sure. oh, I was going to say like Oklahoma City or Iran Contra or any, you know, anything like that. Even Vietnam, man, they, you know, there's stories about drugs being smuggled back during the Vietnam War, um, on, you know, in body bags and stuff. So it's really dark and illicit, but I think there's, there's, there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah. Uh, there, I wish I, there's, I feel like Richard touched on some of the, uh, the stuff in the, in the Vietnam War, but uh, anyways, I did want to bring up, I did kind of want to touch on, I do find it, f I'm like kind of, I don't know, I need to figure out a way to say this better, uh, but I know a lot of people, especially in like the know, truther communities or whatever, get like really upset about like uh, I don't know people like no planers or one planers or some of the more kooky conspiracies. But I, I do think they have their merit as well because uh, I, I don't know, at least for me, I love going. Like I listen to Sam Tripoli all the time, like Tinfoil Hat, and he, don't get me wrong, he goes in some kooky territory sometimes. And I I don't believe like ninety percent. Michael Jackson's alive. Did you watch yeah, that I, one? Yeah, that one was pretty wild. Fire. Stuff, I'm like, okay, I don't Fire. know if I believe it, but uh, okay, that's interesting. He did uh, one on Son of Sam, which yeah. was fascinating, too. Yes. Yeah, I watched that. But, you know, it's what my point being is, like, there is something to that. And, like, for me, I'm, I'm, I mean, maybe it's just someone, like, once you get better at sifting through information, but I'm very, I'm like, I'm completely fine with listening to crazy conspiracy theories and being like, huh, wow. And listen, but, like, not 100% believe everything I hear. And I, I don't know if, like, people are worried that'll happen. And a lot of times, some of these crazy conspiracies end up having merit to them. Uh, I mean, maybe it's just the people pushing the envelope. But there is definitely a case to say that, like, uh, I don't know, that, that they do sometimes take the, uh, I don't know, make make the, it look unserious. But yeah. I, I don't know. There's some. And there's got to be some middle ground because I do think there's merit to the crazy schizos that go in places like that. Uh, those are sometimes some of our best people, I think. But they're also sometimes feds, so I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you remember back in like 2006, a former Bush administration economist, Morgan Reynolds, went on the major mainstream media channels and promoted the idea of cartoon planes. And I think that was done intentionally to distract from the momentum that was coming up with the five-year anniversary and the family members pushing for a new investigation and people supporting that. I think that got diluted and it just people, it got shot into different camps and um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's kind of turned into, for some people, it's a hobby, which I think it's, hey, fine, but I think that's kind of sad if you're really trying to get the really good information out there and convince people who don't look at this otherwise or wouldn't even listen to it. Um, I mean, I think people can 
speculate and talk and have any theory they want. But if if you're trying to convince people like in, in a serious way, I, I, I think um, going with the best and, you know, backed up and, and sourced and documented research, I think is the best way to go. Oh, but, I agree. It, I, I mean, it's, it, yeah, of course, it's fun to talk about yeah. conspiracy theories about I've done, anything. I've, like, for example, Jose, I've done a complete uh, 180 on Flight 77 hitting the Pentagon. For years, I did not think that a plane hit the Pentagon and that they did some other shit there. But now I'm just I've been shown so much evidence um, of the plane being there and the wreckage and DNA of the passengers and pieces of the plane um, and everything that, uh, yeah, I, Flight 77 uh, hit the Pentagon. So you can go too far and go off the rails. But I do agree with you that it is fun um, when you have it in check to go into those like Sam Tripoli waters and like Nazis in, in Antarctica on <laughs> bases and shit and make uh, Eisenhower closing deals with the aliens saying we have an intergalactic space treaty with the aliens. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and you know Michael, Michael Jackson faking his death. You know, all that fun stuff. Oh, here's a fun little scoop for you guys. Uh, my wife is a, re- a distant, well, not even really that distant, but a fairly close relative to the Admirable Bird guy. Admirable, Admiral, I keep saying Admirable. Admiral <laughs> Bird, the guy, you know, the whole, like, that, what, that whole conspiracy. Um, what was it called? Jump High or something? I forget. Operation High Jump. Yeah, the whole Antarctica shit. He's like who that whole, like, conspiracy hinges off of. She is legit related to him. Like, my, her family really? who lives in, uh, North Carolina legit still lives on like the land part of his land, really. Because uh, like apparently like they uh, their side of the family descends from like his brother, but I guess you know when he died he kind of like the, the land kind of got possessed by his brother. So literally living on the same land as him. Uh, and I, I I will say I have my uh, I'm not gonna say too much that way you know maybe maybe there's some truth to it. I have no idea, but uh. Um, Apparently there are still possessions of his out there, and I have my wife. Uh, I was like, so we actually just I, I I knew they were related, but I didn't know some of the other crazy conspiracies. And my wife started digging into it and talking to her family. And apparently, right. all knew about it and shit. And apparently, there's there's still like stuff of his around. So I'm there's like, horcruxes. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, so I I guess they still have some of his like aviation goggles and shit. So I'm like, hey, get your family to look around, see if there's any interesting. Has your wife been to the compound? The, which compound? Which the one, one that he owned that's now in the field. Well, it's, it's not really necessarily a compound. It's just a well, bunch of land. land and they're land. like, okay. and there's a bunch of people live on it. Because it's a pretty, it's a really country area in North Carolina, yeah. you know. So, yeah, Tripoli dug into, well, he mentioned, he brought it up on Rogan. And Rogan, like, mm-hmm. looked at him kind of like, what the fuck, bro? You know? Yeah. But, um, no, it's wild. Yeah, isn't that kind of essentially, he's claiming that there there's contact with another with an alien species in antarctica is that kind of i don't know the specifics there's a whole bunch of different ways that conspiracy goes people take it to hollow earth people take it to aliens people take it to that there's some sort of he found evidence of a uh you know people there whether they were living currently or they had died previously it's all over the place supposedly there's a there, there was like a diary of his that I guess you can buy. I don't know how legit it is. I, I don't. Right. I haven't done a whole lot of deep, uh, deep diving, yeah. but I, I, I do. I am like told my wife, I'm like, hey, you should, uh, because yeah. you never know. There could be some document laying around. I'm like, we should definitely, <laughs> yeah, look into that more and do a whole yeah, lot. Like, that could be a new Indiana Jones thing with Galison, Mike. He's the new Indiana Jones. Yeah, he yeah. has the whip and the hat. And yeah. uh, for Fire Pixie, I think we know what Eisenhower was talking about in 1961 when he warned about the military industrial complex. He was talking about a certain senator from North Carolina named Lindsey. And he said, beware the missiles and beware the bulges in the senator's pants. That's going to come down the line 45, 50 years from now. 
you ain't gonna see it. He ain't gonna be wearing a dress, but when he behind closed doors, he is wearing a dress. And it ain't J. Edgar Hoover, it's Auntie Lindsay. And he loves your fire pixie and he appreciates your support. I think Lindsey Graham's just one of those leprechauns that lives in Hollow Earth, Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> that could be Lindsey. They they could get Lindsey to reach out. Um, like when they do have disclosure, if they had Lindsey Graham show up, dude, show a little bit of leg, a little bit of boot, some uh, some medals. I think we could we could strike a deal. But you know, Lindsey would probably want to bomb the aliens. Yep. Like I know ET comes in peace, and if he brings me the right anal probes, maybe I won't bomb them. Maybe I want to trade with them. I want to trade exotic toys. I want to trade inter interplanetary toys with him, Fire Pixie. We can do it. It's going to take boots, moon boots. So there you go, Fire Pixie. That's for you. Thank you for your support. <laughs> but yeah, you got to have humor too with it, too, man, or you go nuts. You know, oh, for sure. Yeah, you, uh, can't, you can't go all hard, all serious all the time. I mean, hell, I, I got some good Soma and I watched a new reality series called Forever Summer of the Hamptons. I watched that on, on Amazon. It's just a bunch of hollow, vapid, retarded trust fund kids running around the Hamptons during the summer doing black and white affair parties and having parties on the beach and so detached from reality in their own bubble. But it was it was just nice to kind of take a break. The you Jersey Shore was a shit. Exactly. It was a nicer, more uh, debonair, um, less trashy Jersey Shore because it was in the Hamptons. Yeah. But um, you got to you you watch Jose for uh, like, what are you into for if you need like a two hour distraction to, un to unplug? Uh, yeah, what kind of soma do you like to ingest? Well, distractions wise, I mean, I, I don't watch a ton of TV. Um, I, I'll watch some stuff with my kids. Uh, you know, um, I, I mean, you can see I'm kind of a comic nerd. So I do kind of follow a lot of the, uh, you know, pop culture shit there. I mean, I'm not like as fervent about it as I used to. I mean, most of it's kind of disappointing. Uh, and uh, for example, the She-Hulk thing, I do want to say, I don't think it's as, I watch it with my daughter. I don't think it's as bad as everyone says it is, but I understand where they're coming from because it is kind of bad, but also I, I wasn't expecting much more because in the comics, like She-Hulk sometimes is written that way because she's kind of like a feminist icon. So sometimes they write her like an obnoxious feminist. So I, I wasn't really that surprised. Like, uh, yeah, this is the character you're working with. I, I mean, you were surprised they went that route. Okay. Anyways, but um, podcast wise, I know I, I, I like to do uh, Kill Tony. Uh, oh, it's great. Hinchcliffe's yeah. great. Kill Tony's good. Uh, I think there's one other comedy podcast I listen to. I'm trying to remember what it is. Uh, fuck. Oh, Legion of Skanks I listen to regularly. And then, yeah, Sam Tripoli. I, I still kind of I see that as a relaxing thing as well. Because it is like, once again, it's like I'm not like, oh my God, the fucking Kazarians are running the world. Like, I don't immediately jump to that. But it is interesting because you're like, it does take you down some weird ones, and you're like, okay, well, that's interesting. All right, and you can kind of start applying that thought to other things. And so there's always there's usually a grain of truth in some of the crazy shit. So you know, I don't know, it, it implemented in my thinking. Try not to get too schizo, but I don't know. I I, don't, I really I'm a, I'm doing shit all the time, so I don't really have a whole lot of stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I very rarely watch TV, but comedy podcasts occasionally, not a whole lot. But yeah, and then Tower Power Hour is kind of like my outlet as well. That keeps yeah. me relaxed. So I, I don't know. I feel like if I hadn't, if I haven't, um, if I hadn't been fucking on a Tower Power, I'd probably be going a little crazy because doing the serious shit all the time gets old. Uh, so it's nice to just yeah. cut up, but you know, and say awful shit. So <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be now the Four Pony Boys. What's that all about? Wait, 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 that's a spinoff of a spinoff, right? The, I mean, the Four Horsemen. I called them. No, it's an original concept. Um, 
Uh, no, it's a, it's a, it's definitely an unabashed ripoff. Although, like, it is like a, the name is a ripoff, but I was going more for, like, we've had on Tower Power, sometimes we will call, like, what's called Big Brain Time. Because, I mean, all of us, like, yeah, we goof off and do, like, t- you know, make silly jokes and shit. But, like, we all are all, like, libertarian autists that do, like, sometimes we'll accidentally get sucked into, like, a serious, like, discussion. And so then it's, like, it's kind of off-brand for the show. And we'll kind of joke and call it Big Brain Time. Because, like, people aren't coming there for that. But then we'll just kind of accidentally be, like, we got to discuss this. Um, and so that was the vibe I was going for that show. I want to dial it back a little bit instead of like the six people in the show. So four kind of was a good number. Uh, right. And then I figured, you know, uh, so I figured the, the prime four would be me, Top, uh, Clint, and Reed. And then we kind of go from there. Uh, and kind of the same, it's kind of similar template to kind of probably what you guys are doing with uh, Four Horsemen. The only difference is you guys do, you, uh, Eric, or well, not you, but er- yeah, you, Eric, and uh, Reed and uh, Ryan, and then have a different guest every time. Whereas yeah. I already have the four, but the way I see it in my head, I kind of like the idea of what we do with Tower Power, where we have six hosts, because we don't always show up to every episode, but it's the idea of that, like, you know, if someone's got something going on, whatever, it doesn't right. cause issues of scheduling. It makes scheduling way more flexible. So I figure with this, that the way I'll work it is, like, let's say, for example, I get Dave Smith for the next one. I'm not saying I do. I'm just, this example, first thing in mind. Um, then I just have one of the guys sit out uh, and, you know, whoever's willing to, and we kind of, you know, switch around like that. That way we always have an extra guy in case someone, you know, I don't know, can't make it or what have you. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's definitely game. a cool format. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that way you got it covered, you know, and you still be able to, you know, talk about stuff. It's like uh, multiple limbs. And even if you chop one off, you're still going to be able to limp on. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the first one already got nuked off YouTube. It was actually doing good numbers on YouTube. Then it got nuked. It does decent. It's doing decent numbers on my audio uh, and uh, Odyssey, but I mean, s- s- content like that—the ones that like are kind of more like catchy—it really does screw you when it gets taken off YouTube. Uh, but not a big deal. Uh, I generally yeah. get more on you know, audio, so whatever. We've been lucky with Four Horsemen. Uh, it's you know hosted on Reed's channel, obviously. I think only one of them has been nuked, and it was the one I wasn't even in. I was traveling, and, and uh, they had Adam and Dawson, I think, and Fitz. Uh, and, DJ Thermal Detonator, I think, and they went really oh, deep. Nelson. deep in Wasn't that things. on Reed's channel, Eric, or was that on our yeah. channel? No, it was on Reed's channel. Oh, I mean, and Jack and Radio, we've only had one video nuked, and that was talking about uh, the Flu World Order. We had on, um, God, I never remember her name. Like, the hell is Mary Holland from uh, RFK Jr.'s group, Children's Health Defense, and she's a, uh, a vaccine injury lawyer, an expert, Harvard educated, a really brilliant. Um, sharp woman, competent, you know, sharp person. And we had a great discussion and um, just a regular discussion, you know, not saying one way or another what we, whatever. It just, it thing got nuked after, I don't know, five few hours, few hours they nuked it. Yeah. Before and, I could even get it on our audio on Podbean. So it's gone. And we sucks. lost it. We lost it forever. It belongs to time now. But um, I, th- I think we were allowed to talk about that now. I saw something on Twitter where they shared something where I guess now they changed the terms of service where you can talk oh. about that. Now. Well, the so, thing is, Jose, nice what, what we were talking about with Mary Holland is now kind of all out in the open. It's common knowledge. Yeah. Like yeah. Common knowledge. Yeah. Well, yeah. as long as the CDC says what I can put in my butt. And that includes monkeypox vials. I'm going to do it. We're going to do it, Fire Pixie. We're going to do it fast. All right, we've got a couple of chats here I want to get to because we're yeah. comments on. JC sent us a 499 super chat for the InfoWars Lego Fund. Let me tell you, JC. 
I was doing 24 hour days, but then I went into the quantum realm and I'm doing 48 hour days now. We're we're doing what we used to do in one day. We're doing two days, what we used to do in one day, and it's just as tiring. I would go back in time and rebuild Sandy Hook and maybe, you know, I would just go back in time and not talk about it and not talk about Wayne Carver and not talk about all the the shooters in the woods. But that's either here or there, Infowars.com, Save Infowars. Not to get you nuked, just to quickly go over it. Have you guys ever taken a deep dive in Handy Sook? Have you ever taken a dive there? I looked at some of the anomalies early on, um, some of the stuff about um, maybe there was more than one shooter, um, I, but I never I never was like, yeah. it didn't happen or, or the people yeah. didn't die. I never I never thought yeah, that. I don't and, assert that either, but it, it glows a little bit. That's for sure. I mean, you know, all these <laughs> things can glow in the dark, man, no matter what it is. And, and, and I get it. It's emotional because you're talking about children and, um, you know, what happened with the parents, I think, is awful. Um, nobody, nobody should be harassing anybody. I think that's disgusting. But I think Alex Jones had a right to talk about it and to question any – you have a right to question any big event. And um, he got himself in some hot water, I think, because he didn't do his due diligence. He would rush on air with half the facts and present it as such. Um, if his opinion was that it, that it was a false flag and it didn't happen or whatever he wanted to call it, he has a right to – if it's wrong, he has a right to be wrong. We have a right I, to be wrong, but I also hate though that the idea that the the common narrative with stuff like this, well, they'll say stuff like that, like how irresponsible you're being coming without all the facts. Or I guess it'd be one thing if you did present it, and even then, I don't think there should be any legal or any sort of recourse. But maybe you could make a case that hey, that was shitty of you to do. Yeah. But like, like everything I do, everything I talk about is mostly me pulling out of my ass. The only thing I'm certain of in this life is that I'm I'm not certain of anything. So the idea that like, I you know it's because someone could probably make the same case with my OKC thing, even with as much work as Richard Booth's. I'm sure there's probably some factoid somewhere they can make the case of like, oh, this is irresponsible to be doing or whatever. So the idea that like I, I don't know, I just always thought that was silly that speaking that talking point people use to like come at them. Right. Uh, it's one thing you could be like, hey, that was a little shitty of you, you or you're wrong. Uh, but like you know, the narrative of like, well, this is harmful. Like, yeah, kind of, maybe. Uh, but you're getting a really ambiguous, weird, vague territory. You know? Yeah. Well, they want they they've been gunning for him for years, man. Yeah. They wanted to knock him down a peg. Anything they could do, man, to knock him down a peg. Because if you, I mean, I've I've known about Alex Jones for a long time, probably since 2005, two, 2006. Uh, been impersonating him that long too, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Been, been impersonating Alex Jones since uh, freshman year of college. Um, but, uh, and, you know, I, I, I don't – I've never followed him as, like, that's my news. I'll look at it every now and again as, like, oh, what's Alex talking about or this is entertaining or – but a lot of the stuff he does talk about it has ended up being true and being over the nose. So they're really trying to paint him with the Sandy Hook thing. And he even makes the point, like, did the New York Times ever apologize for lying about the weapons of mass destruction that we spent $7 trillion on in the Middle East and a million people got murdered and 5,000 of our troops and totally ruined, you know – ruin things like that. So where's the accountability in the mainstream media? He makes a great point about that. So of course they're going after him. They want to make an example of him. When they deplatformed back in 2018, I was saying like, okay, now it's Alex Jones. Who's it, who is it going to be next? And you can see how they've really tightened the reins since then on other content creators. And they use the Alex Jones argument to justify that. So I don't want anybody's speech censored. If you don't like it or you're offended by it, don't fucking watch it. Change the channel. Yeah, they're doing to Andrew Tate. I don't even know what the angle is of why they had to pull him off. It makes no sense to me. It was I, just what I had never even heard of Andrew Tate until the last week. I and saw he, a couple clips, but never his, anything that intrigued me too his, much. His dad was CIA. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's this guy? I don't even I don't even know who you guys are talking. He's a British about. like podcaster influencer, bro. Uh, wasn't he MMA or British? something? I'm pretty sure he's like if he's part British. British he's, he's knocked out that accent pretty well. I don't know. I don't know uh, what his whole story is, but he's like been all over Twitter because they uh, nuked his accounts. And he's just peak awesome dude is basically what he is. That's what he is. Like awesome. I fuck chicks. Chicks do what I want. I uh, you know let me tell you how to be a dude, bro. It's fucking awesome. So he's uh, like hyper Chad. He's, he's like, yeah, they don't like that. He's giga he's like, he's like Jordan Peterson, but like from the vibe of like, I haven't but quite like settled fun. down yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make your bed, Jose. Make sure you make your bed and eat your broccoli. I didn't eat it and I got hooked on benzos. It was awful. I had to go to Russia and eat steak. I guess there's some angle that a lot of people bring up about like uh, sex trafficking or, or women trafficking, which I don't know the truth to that though. Cause I mean, I hear that. I hear. Uh, trafficking and my you like okay was it really trafficking is he really like abducting people you know forcing them to do stuff or is this just some guy who was like a pimp at one point like these are very different things what kind but, of trafficking are we talking here you know yeah. was it like, was it like one of the taken movies with liam neeson and a bunch yeah. of uh leather clad euro trash for two hours getting their asses kicked i will come for you and i will beat you and i will or steal he- your jacket and i will resell it or is it just you some know? dude who make a made a vol like you made a deal with that hey if anyone fucks with you, I'll be there, be the shit out of them, and you give me a certain cut, and you know whatever. Like that's a very different thing. So I don't by the, know. By the time we hear about shit, man, we don't we don't know what the truth is and what reality is, you know. And um, yeah, it's just here, boys. hard to believe anything that that you see or, or even try to understand it. So I don't know. I just I'd never heard of him, and he he was all the buzz this week on Twitter, and of course, primetime ninety nine in Portnoy beefing with each other has been giving me oxygen personally. Yeah, I don't even know what their beef is over, but I, I, I'm i here for it, and it's well, amazing. Exactly. Well, <laughs> Primetime, you know, did his thing out in Vegas, the city council, and made like a gambling. Part of his shtick was he was a guy who got addicted to gambling, and he lost all his money, and he hired a prostitute and lost all his money. And one of the guys at Barstool retweeted it just like, hey, this is funny, you know, and he didn't – I guess he hadn't watched the whole thing of Primetime, and Barstool was – triggered on making fun of people who have gambling addictions or doing saying anything bad about gambling because I guess Portnoy sold the company or it's owned by a gambling outfit. I mean, I don't even really – I never watch Portnoy. I'm not really a fan. I don't watch Barstool. I don't really give a shit about what that guy says. Mm-hmm. But I think what happened was he made the guy who, on Barstool who had retweeted primetime, like, take it down or get rid of it. And then that kind of started a whole war. And primetime called him out, and they went back and forth. And Portnoy said, "I hate this guy. He sucks. He's a scumbag." You know, he just goes and makes fun of people at city council meetings, and then you know, it was just back and forth bullshit. But I, it was good for both their brands. Both their yeah. followings went up, and they dominated Twitter for like two or three days. Have you seen the? Are you aware of the troll? I guess this is going like deep into like Twitter a little bit. But are you aware of the ongoing troll with Portnoy? About uh, him supposedly, like you know, frequenting a glory hole in like Kentucky or something. Have you heard that troll? I've seen the memes and yeah. I've seen like Business Insider headlines, and I don't know what's fake and, and what, what is actually. <laughs> I mean, it's an ongoing I mean, troll, but it's amazing that this happens. And incredible. now, anytime you go to anything shitting on him, it's all just people like I saw him sucking dick at a glory hole in Kentucky. <laughs> you could say that Portnoy had sex, but he definitely didn't. You know, you could say that guy was some, couldn't you? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No. We get a sticker here from John B. Thank you so much for the super sticker, Sloop John B. We love you. Good to see you in here. We got a couple of. Uh, I didn't even ask. Know. This is PG thirteen, right? I just can't drop hard R's, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're trying to. You know, we don't want to. We don't want to get nuked, Gallison. 
I mean, I had no intention of, but I'm just want to know where the line is. So <laughs> yeah, definitely, we want to avoid that. Yeah, we want to we want to be entertaining and a little bit risque, but we we want to keep our channel. I mean, we do want to get a Rockfin going and probably an Odyssey, and um, you know, we are moving into a studio space in September and going to spend some time building that up. So we want to diversify, but for now, you know, YouTube is still the best platform, man. I mean, it's still where everyone is. So as much as the censorship sucks and their algorithms and guidelines are don't make a lot of sense. You just got to try to try to walk that line. The weird thing know? is I've never gotten got for that ever. I mean, not that I do it a lot on my channel, but yeah, I mean, I haven't gotten for that, for that, but whatever. Jose follows not a podcast very closely. I don't know what that I mean, means, I'm Jace. assuming that's some sort of, I don't really actually follow them very closely, honestly. Uh, hmm. NAP, not a podcast. I mean, I, I think I watched like one of the episodes. It's, it's kind of funny. I mean, I liked it. I mean, I'm not, I don't have any issue with them. I just don't really follow them. Uh, I know there is like one. a weird ancient beef, sort of. So, <laughs> Fire Pixie. Corn Pop would like the stream. You're goddamn right, Corn Pop. I like it. He's a tough dude. He was a bad dude, Fire Pixie. I met him at the community pool down in, the, down in Atlanta when I was a lifeguard down there with the hairs on my legs and the cockroaches. Anyways. Yeah. JC said the uh, in the chat that it was a joke, which I assumed it was. I'm assuming it was some sort of reference to an ancient beef. I, I don't know. Although I, I never, it was never really that serious in my opinion, but yeah. Yeah. All Chew right. on head though, Jose, when you guys had her on Tower Gang, that was everything. Yeah, no, that was, that was great. That was definitely a banner appearance. Yeah. It was a big get. Yeah. 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 We're, uh, four, four Horsemen were having um, uh, Phil Labonte from All That Remains on yeah. Sunday. So I heard that should be good. That should be we're, good. Uh, we're going to have him on. And, uh, When's Fuentes coming on? Oh God! You want to get your channel nuked? Get him on, yeah. dude. I want Fuentes on. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I don't really care to have him on my channel. Honestly, prime time. Really... Prime time had him on Conspiracy Castle, and to my knowledge, that has not been nuked. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Fuentes. I'm not really that interested in him. Kind of like what Reed has been saying. I, I, I never really heard about him before. I never watched his shit. I don't know. I just. He's I okay. Really... I don't yeah. find him all that interesting or like I mean, he's kind of funny sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So that's I mean, why like I'm not interested in having him on my show. I really, really want him on Tower Power Hour because I do think I, he well he would be yeah, he'd be a perfect kind of ghoul to get on Tower Power. So is he sure. just like a more right wing, more like openly racist version of, of Ben Shapiro? Or like what is he I don't even is he a shitlord or is he like what's his I, 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 I don't really I think he's more racist in the way that Tower Power Hour is racist. Like we're not none of us are actually really racist. Yeah, it's casual jokes. Like, okay, so he's like well, uses humor to get attention, and it, can't like, be racist when you have top on there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Top lobster. Yeah, we love top. But I like bottom lobster too, though. Quite frankly, bottom lobster does a great job. Lindsey Graham, bottom lobster. Well, Reed oh, said the vibe that he got when he was out in Vegas and went to the screening about um, Fuentes' whole deal and, and scene was like a bunch of repressed young 20, 25 year old dudes who probably have never seen a pair of boobs in their lives. Yeah, and they like hang on, yeah. hang on the dudes every word, you know. So, yeah, I don't know, man. But uh, yeah, I mean, for for a Tower Power Hour, he would he would be uh, he would be a yeah. prime guest for yeah. that for sure. Yeah, if anyone has a hookup, let me know. We've been trying to set that up. I don't know if Reed has a hookup. If he is, he's being stingy. So I don't know. No, I think Reed's. I don't know. Trying to get him, but uh, Fire Pixie says Scott Horton level, not quite Ryan Dawson level yet. I don't know what you're referring to there, Fire. I'm trying to go through the. JC had another comment here, I think, related to what we're talking about, Alex Jones. I don't like this precedent where emotional distress is enough to completely ruin people's lives over speech alone, and the left blindly cheers for it. Absolutely. I mean, remember the left years ago um, when they were 
you know, saying big pharma is the enemy and we, we got to take down big pharma. We need to expose them and the Sacklers and this and that and Purdue. And now all of a sudden the, the left is like they love big pharma. Yeah. So it's also it's like a, it irritates me, too. Uh, maybe it's because I have done a deep dive on that specific one. Once again, I'm not trying to get nukes. I'm not going to say it, but I have done a deep dive. And once again, I'm not saying I'm convinced one way or the other, but there are definitely questions that are raised. And so the assumption there is that he's wrong. I don't know if he's entirely wrong. I mean, he's probably wrong in some sense. I don't know. There are definitely, if you dig into that, and the, the fact that they get so enraged about it, if anything, makes me kind of like, why are you so upset about this? Kind of makes Yeah, me you should wonder. be able to have a discussion about it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like one of those things where, like, am I over the target? Is he over the target? Is that what's going on here? I don't mm. know. I mean, it could be one or the other. It could be he's hitting on something. There's definitely some weird shit there. That's for sure. That's all I'm going to say. If anyone knows, I have like a, if anyone wants, hit me up. I have like a, I found like a three hour video digging deep into it. Uh, I mean, obviously I don't know the validity of all the stuff. I'm going to deep dive. I want to get Jinx on to break, to do it one of these days. That's my uh, goal there to bring him to bring, break that down. Yeah. I didn't uh, watch Clint stuff. with Jinx. I mean, did you watch that? Yeah, I watched it. That was like probably my favorite. Uh, How did it go? Episode. I mean, is this does he a dude who actually knows his shit, or is he just kind of? I don't know. I don't. I mean, either way, I don't care. I would take. I'd, ha- I'd have him on to talk it in a moment, just because Jinx is everything. Um, but <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, I I don't know how he is. Kind of very, you know, he he is like exactly what, like if you follow him on like his how he was on there is kind of what you would think. He is a little bit of over. <laughs> like a very base schizo, like kind of all over the place. So I don't know. It probably would be hard to keep him on track, but it, it, I would either way, no matter whether it's a train wreck or it's like a, you know, a beautiful, like, you know, well, like cohesive, like, you know, trail of thought. I'd, either way, I'd, I'd love it. It'd be amazing. So, yeah. And uh, the, the other episode that I, I just watched that you did was the one uh, with the fellow there that were trying to set up with the Whitmore plot. And I saw in the news today or yesterday, two, Two of the alleged co-conspirators were charged, right? Or they're they they've been officially uh, sentenced. Yep, I have him coming back on uh, Tuesday to talk about that. The, the um, one of the key things I, I'll bring up, I don't know all the specific details or technical terms, but apparently, because uh, the big thing is these guys were arguing, their defense was it was entrapment. Uh, Caserta and I forget the other guy got off; they they got uh, acquitted. Um, and then these other two guys had a retrial. I don't remember the exact reason why they had to get a retrial, but apparently in this retrial, they didn't allow them to use, I believe it was the text messages or something, uh, between the informants, feds, whatever, whatever you want to call them and the, uh, the, 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 their targets or whatever, which is like the majority of where all the information was at. It shows the, the nature of their relationship, which would make sense. I don't know what the reasoning was. Uh, this is that would that's what would show like their relationship and how they were manipulating them and uh, getting it would it would be a crux to making a, a entrapment argument and then also on top of that Brandon Caserta he actually went there to testify for them but before he could he the, he ended up pleading the fifth and he, I saw him on another show uh, and he explained the reason why he pled the fifth was because they threatened him to because they I believe they charged him on the federal level for his previous. Uh, charge and that's what he got acquitted for but they threatened to charge him on the state level if he testified mm. which is like uh like I, it's just wild like if you're trying to get down to the the truth of it like why would you be impeding the defense in any way like well, that makes no sense to me for me if you're trying to get justice if that's the goal of the justice system like why would you do that like this guy got off and it, like either you think this guy is a criminal and should go to jail or you don't because if you do think he's a criminal and should go to jail, 
then what you should do is then you should charge him with a state the state crime regardless. If you don't, then like why are you threatening him with it right now? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. So I actually have him coming back on on Tuesday, and uh, we're gonna break down because he's actually followed the trial very closely. Uh, I'm probably gonna read up on the trial a lot more this weekend because I've read up a little bit. A good person I would suggest if anyone's really interested, in it, Radix Verum. It's this chick on YouTube. Uh, she's actually, I believe she's actually in Michigan right now. I found her cause she was one of the only other people that had him on. Um, and that's how I found her, you know, cause he, you know, I, I was, uh, I believe the second person to get him and she was the third. Uh, but like she has done a ton of work on this. She has like a sub stack writes on a bunch. Uh, she's actually who I'll probably be binging through her work over the weekend to try to be able to have a good conversation with Brandon. But uh, there is a lot of wild stuff that came out, and I mean, I'm I haven't really dug the information enough to be able, you know, you know, regurgitate it well here. But there's a lot of weird stuff in uh, the stuff, a lot of crazy stuff that went on in that that was revealed in the trials, uh, which I'm I'm assuming probably weren't able to get revealed in these latest these latest two trials, and that's why they end up getting convicted. So, but yeah, I'll brand it on Tuesday, and we'll talk yeah, about that more. And wasn't you know Brandon was wasn't he talking about one of them like just trying to really buddy up to him and be friendly and bring him out for a meal and be kind to him and. Kind I don't of, know if I don't really of, remember that specifically, but I know the big one was Adam Fox was one of the characters, which I believe they described him as like an indigent, which I don't know if he was necessarily like a like a homeless, but it was kind of like a kind of a guy who didn't really have his shit together, kind of you know like, and that was the guy that they really latched onto. And kind of manipulated a lot. Like the main guy, I forget his name. I wish I could remember it, like tip of my tongue. But the main guy who was like the head of that group, who was an informant, was like totally took him under his wing, almost acted like a father figure to him, mm. like was manipulating kind of the shit out of him. Basically groomed him to, to take it. Basically. And I don't know exactly. Like a handler. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> and like, and most of these, so most of these things, they so, at least this is my impression, most of these things that they supposedly got them for were things that like, I, I don't know, just, you know, spicy stuff said in group chats or stuff they said when they're drinking or whatever. Like, it Moving wasn't around. like there was any actual legitimate plan to go fucking kidnap the, the Michigan governor. governor. Like, that, was, yeah. that was ridiculous. Like, and, and when you see some of the stuff, most of the stuff that was presented in court a lot of time was just like out of context, little clips. It's like, and I mean, I've said way worse stuff in, in my group chats and stuff. Like made way, you know, jokes if you took out of context or you know things said out of context, they could be like, "Oh, oh my God, do you, you want yeah. you want to do, do what to federal agents? Oh my God!" Like, yeah. I mean, so a lot of sensationalism going on. Yeah. A lot of a lot of taking, uh, you know, stuff out of context and then amplifying it and sensationalizing it, basically, yeah. and, and then passing it on. Yeah, one a lot of, the, of it, one of the informants was sleeping with one of the one of the people, so like it was a chick. So like, oh really? I don't know if they've con you know confirmed they were banging, but they were. It was confirmed they were in the same bed. Like maybe you could like, say, you, yeah. I mean, what, what could you say, Galison? Maybe yeah, that they exactly. were. Exactly. <laughs> like you could say that they had sex, but they, they definitely they, didn't fuck. They didn't fuck. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, I don't know. Well, I'm like PG thirteen R. I think you only get one fuck in a PG thirteen. So. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Well, Jose, <laughs> dude, you're doing you're doing awesome work, man. I, I I've been really loving your show lately. And um, I watched the one you did with Duncan Lemp's girlfriend, mm -hmm. man. And that fucking pulled at my heartstrings too, dude. And your your um, your passion for these stories has really shown through too. Because I know we all we joke all the time about all kinds of shit, but mm -hmm. um, when it comes down to it, man, the real big issue is like you know the no knock stuff and and um, 
you know, probable cause and, and people's privacy. And this is really what the, the fight is all about for liberty is about our generation and the next generation. You know, you said you have kids, man. You got to be worried about how, what kind of country they're going to grow up in. So that that's really come through on your recent broadcasts. And yeah, I've, I've been loving your stuff lately. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this, it's like, I mean, I've talked in my show, I've talked a lot about like egoism stuff. A lot of this kind of comes from like a selfish kind of place because a lot of these are people that I like. I These stories are things I feel like I feel sympathetic to. Like, I feel like this is things that could be me. And this is why I want to talk about them. Like the the OKC, I got the trend to do or not trying to do, but uh, Yiki is what brought me down. And not and the biggest thing I think that I don't know, I, I actually only piece this together after the fact. Yiki looks a lot like my best friend. Like he does. And so like, uh, I mean, if he said that, he'd pro- if I said that, he'd probably like, what the hell? You think I just look like a generic black dude? Cause he'd probably be like, you know, what do you think all black dudes look alike? But anyways, uh, they look very alike. And then also the sympathetic nature of it. Then with, with Lemp, it's like Lemp is an, like the, when you look into the stats on no knock warrants and like how often they go to the wrong house, also the yeah. nature of the things Duncan supposedly did or did not do you realize this literally could be any of us. Same thing with Brandon Caserta. I felt a lot of like kinship with him because he started getting into this stuff because um, a lot of the same reasons I started getting into this fear I'm in is because once the lockdown started happening, they're like, hey, we need to start linking up. We need to start connecting. Like before I started podcasting, I actually had another venture where I was kind of trying to do something similar, but not in like a militia way, but more in like a logo. Let's group up, kind of like meet up, stuff like that. And, you know, kind of create like a network of, you know, us, and that was kind of what he was going for. And so, and you realize that like, and you know, the stuff they got them on for as well. It's like, there's so much stuff that's like, they could get any one of us, any one of us. If they, if, if there was a, in the tower power hour, uh, friggin' uh, group chat, uh, if they had a, if there was an informant in there, cause we have our one for the show and we have like a big one, which is like the original tower gang people that like probably like 50 some odd people in there. But like there, there could be an informant in there for all we know, and you know they could be collecting stuff over the years, and you know guess what we got you like, and with the same amount of stuff they had with the the, the Caserta people, or not Caserta, but with the uh, Michigan people. Yeah, and with Duncan Lemp, someone anonymously said, "Oh, we think he has illegal firearms," and they, I don't think they've released who that was or who supposedly like narked on him. And it's like, it's almost like the feds. Um, yeah, they, they want to do entrapment and they want to get someone to commit a crime in order to take them down and justify their budgets and say, hey, look at what we did. We got this uh, domestic terrorist. And they, of course, have been trying to do it with the uh, January 6th nonsense. I mean, you know, which Max Blumenthal brilliantly dubbed a low IQ riot, which, you know, that's if that was really an organized thing, man, it would have looked more like what happened in uh, uh, what was it, Indonesia or what country where they stole Sri Lanka. The- yeah, I mean, that was like, I mean, it was organized, just not by the people you think it was. So <laughs> it kind of glowed a little bit, Jose, didn't it? Dude, it, it, it all boils down to that Spider Man meme where all the Spider Men are all pointing at each other. It just says FBI. His, FBI. What was his name, Jose? The guy saying, We got to go into the Capitol. Um, I always mix it up. Is it Ray or Mike Epps? Ray Epps. One of them's an actor, Ray and one's, one's the guy. Omar Epps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he was glowing so bright that day. He was the lady in red. Right, like a dime. A couple more chats here, boys. I've never seen you glow so bright. We're going to storm the Capitol. Governor Ventura. Which one? The Prey movie. Yeah, we did. Governor Ventura, JC wants to know, did Jesse Ventura like the new Prey movie? I did. I thought it was great. 
it was it was uh, high paced. It was interesting. It was a nice take on it, and I like that it was just woke enough. You had a very strong female warrior. Her brother gave her strength, believed in her, and mentored her, and she proved herself to be a worthy warrior going up against the predator. So I liked it. I did. I liked it. Was it good nice. though? You guys watched it? It was. It was. Yeah, it I, was. I, it was okay. I was actually surprised how much I enjoyed it. Mike watched I, it first and, and said it was really good, so I watched it on his recommendation. Because I do think, is, I think a lot of people are seeing immediately like, "Oh my god, a woman!" And like, hmm. I don't know, like, watch the movie first or wait for reviews yeah. to come out because I don't know. Because it's also like in my head, I was like, okay, or it could be that she's part of a tribe and they work together, they use their skills, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. It wasn't like she was like one on one, like let's fifty cuffs, like let's do this. Like obviously, like. She would lose. She is a woman. Like, let's be real. Like, in that well, scenario, she, the, the end of the movie, she does bring the predator a sandwich. I, I won't. I don't want to spoil too much, but she does. She does bring the predator a nice, uh, you know, Navajo sandwich. So they realize that they loved each other, and they they took off in the predator ship, and they're going to have half yeah, um, trans, Comanche, trans half species. predator, trans yeah. babies. They're going to have trans babies. So no, it's an alien. Really, it, it was a nice eighty minutes of entertainment, a nice escape, and it was definitely an improvement, Mike, on that that fucking horrible. Uh, last one there. Yeah, what Predators the or, or The Predator from 2018, which I thought was so garbage. And, is that the uh, one that and, dropped him off on the the uh, the, the planet? That's or Predators, maybe? right, Mike? So Predators from 2010 with Adrian, Adrian Brody, Brody with Lawrence really Fishburne. That, that one was right. really good. good. Danny um, Trejo. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one was actually really good. I like uh, that Robert Rodriguez directed that. Directed or pr- they made produced that one. one. That? I don't. I don't even remember that one. So they did uh, Predator Two, which I really liked, which was you know an underrated one with Danny Glover in the city yeah, that, that came out good. in nineteen ninety. That's a debatably better than the first one. Gary Some Busey. People, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's an argument to be made that it's just as good as the first one. Um, I think the first one edges it out in my, my opinion because it's just so friggin' iconic and classic with Arnold and. You know Carl Weathers and just the whole, you know Ventura with the gun. But uh, I think the series, you know, after Predator Two, kind of lost its way for a while, especially with the Alien versus Predator stuff, which yeah. wasn't that great. But uh, Prey really brings it back to a more stripped down, uh, fast paced, um, you know, origin type story, and it connects to the second one too in a pretty unique way. So it's I would say it's definitely worth watching. It was entertaining and. Um, yeah, but it's it'll be interesting to see where they go with it, for sure. Yeah, I think we got a couple more chats here before we wind down. Fire Pixie, do you think Jesse Ventura would ever take Lindsey Graham to the movies? Uh, Governor, would you take me to the movie? Would you accompany a woman to the movie? Uh, possibly, Senator, but you'd have to give me a promise and a guarantee that during the movie you wouldn't finger my bunghole. I was going to say, we're going to get some popcorn. We're going to get some salt and some butter in that popcorn. And we're going to stick a South Carolinian corn dog in it. <laughs> oh, they get the senior discount and watch Top Gun. Matt, oh, yeah. Lindsay loved the new Top Gun. Dude, I have no desire to watch that movie. I don't know why. I just couldn't care less. I, Matt, I don't know. Matt Taibbi wrote something so brilliant about the new Top Gun that just really slapped with me and resonated with me. And that it was just, you know, obviously just total propaganda for the military industrial complex and militarism and America's dominance around the world. But also it just unabashedly was in that vein of like 80s, 90s action movie. We don't give a fuck. We're America. And it yeah. was it was it was entertaining. And I signed up for Scientology after watching it. Yeah. So I mean, I can respect it for that being that yeah, kind of like it, the Expendables movies when they came out. You're like. Yeah. 
this is just stupid violence and it's awesome, but I love it. Like, I, I'm sure if I watch uh, a Top Gun, I'd enjoy it, but it's also like yeah. I know I'm yeah. just gonna watch like an hour and a half of like, you know, uh, boom, boom, pew, pew, pew. Like, yeah. Cool. And and what was what was funny? They were ambiguous about who the enemy was because. <laughs> They want to have it premiere in China, and they want to make a lot of money from the Chinese, so they're not going to be overtly the enemies. We don't want to put, uh, you know, piss off Russia and Putin too much, so maybe they weren't the enemies. So there was an enemy, but we were very ambiguous about who it was. So it was, uh, it's, it's worth the watch. It was going to I will support anything Tom Cruise and the Sea Org and Scientology do, you know, just just for the just for the the lulls. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's got two he's more Mission Impossible movies coming out too, so that's going to be. That'll That's be good. Be good. You know, he we're just, here for that, like, Mike. Yeah, we're. I mean, you know, I don't think they're going to make the eyes wide shut too. Unfortunately, so we're not going to get that one. That's one of my favorite Tom Cruise flicks. You ever see that one? Yeah, I, I've never seen that one. Now, oh, like dude, guys, we just rewatched it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's worth it. If if you, so I tell people this. I watched it before I knew about Epstein and about Franklin Scandal and elite pedophilia. So then I I watch it now with those eyes, and it's like watching a whole different movie. You pick up on shit, man, and you see shit, and you're like, holy fuck, man. Stanley Kubrick was making a big statement with this movie. Big mm -hmm. statement. He was he was, he was was saying some shit, man. He's so. like, what are you going to do? I'll talk about the moon, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, The Shining, that was all about him confessing to faking the moon landing. Totally. 100%. <laughs> and Tom had sex, Mike, on the moon, but they definitely didn't fuck. Yeah. Question for Jose from Fire Pixie. Would Jose ever be interested in having an investigator that went deep into Waco and Ruby Ridge? I'm not against the idea. I'd want some sort of like fresh angle or something because those are things that have been covered to death. And don't be wrong, like I've already kind of gone down those. And like the interesting thing about like wait or not Waco, but like OKC okay, is there's so many different angles that it goes so deep. I mean, I, I, I would be, I'm open to it. I guess I would have to like find someone and look through their work and see if there's some sort of angle. I, I don't know because. I mean, I feel like it, you know, from the list bits I've seen, it seems to be most ground has been covered there, and those are fairly, you know, straightforward when you start digging into them. I mean, maybe there's some angles, but I, I don't know, especially because it, it seems like those were just straight up like feds killed people, and like that's like, I mean, obviously there's interesting angles to take there, but I mean, the interesting thing about OKC is it's like, uh, okay, but the feds may have. They may have had some part in killing people and being – it's a little bit different, the OKC thing, <laughs> than like, hey, there are these dissidents and we went and killed them as opposed to, hey, here's all these innocents and some person we're propping up as a dissident killed them and we may or may not have some connection to some extent. I mean, I'm not – like, I'm not one that would say – with OKC, the Fed straight up did it, but they their hands were in the mix in some way. Like they may have very well have because there's a lot of like talk about like the aspect of supposedly they thought maybe at different times there was weird stuff along those that kind of imply maybe they changed at the time. Uh, you also got to think how intelligence works. I mean, if even if he was some sort of Fed uh, operative, you know, McVeigh, like it's like I'm sure information gets tiered. You know, it it. You know, it, it goes different through the levels. So maybe he changed something. Maybe somebody in the mid-level had a different idea that somebody at the top level. I don't know. There's a million different ways this could go. But it, I don't know. The, the OKC thing is, like, it's I guess it just interested me more. It's also, like, I don't feel like a ton of people have really dug into it. I'm not against it. I'm not against it. So I guess it would depend. Mm. Uh, and 
I mean, mostly with my show, I just follow where my interests, you know, bring me. Right. You know, that, so. That's what we try to do too, man. And I think that's why, you know, when you're building an audience, man, people see that. They see the excitement. They see the passion, the level of interest that you have for it. And um, that's what we've been trying to do here with Jackman Radio. And it's, uh, yeah, do what you love, man. Go with your passions. You know, life is short and, and you do your thing and, you know, you stand out when you're authentic. So yeah. um, where can people support you, Jose? Where can they find your stuff? And what do you got coming down the pipe? Uh, well, if you my show is No Way Jose on YouTube, all the major auto podcasters, Odyssey as well. If you want to follow me on uh, social media, I'm on Twitter at Senor Jose 2020. I have a knack of getting nuked. It's my third account. So, I mean, Twitter is a place where I do the most, you know, interact. You know, if you want to have be, be along for the show, have fun. But if you just genuinely just want to be able to like have a you know link to connect with me. Uh, and you know, you'd want to have a backup in case I get nuked off Twitter. Facebook's a good place for that. I don't really do anything on Facebook except for drop promos, but obviously there's messenger and that's a good way to get in contact with me. And you know, it's all, um, I'm that Facebook's probably going to be there forever. Cause I don't really do anything on it. I don't see me getting nuked. Um, so I, I'm on Facebook as Jose Galison. Uh, yeah. If you want to do want to support me, patreon.com, just know Jose 2020, but, uh, yeah, stuff coming in the pipeline. I have some good stuff coming up Tuesday. I have Brandon Caserta coming back on. Uh, which if you, you know, haven't picked up on the context piece here, Brandon Caserta was one of the individuals that was uh, one of the um, uh, defendants in the uh, the whole you know, Michigan uh, you know kidnapping thing. So I have him coming on uh, to kind of talk about the – I've already had him on, so, if, you know, you, uh, so I had him on before. That was more of like a his side of the story, um, you know, and I also did another show with a uh, this guy named Ken Silva was, in a, was a, you know, before I had him on to kind of give the basic breakdown. And now we're going to go deep. Uh, you know, kind of deep into the, the, the trial, kind of go into more details and the weird stuff going on. Uh, I think it's Thursday. I have Aaron from Timeline Earth coming on. Uh, we're going to do a live read, start a live reading series of, uh, you know, if you're into more of my theory stuff, because I only recently started getting into like this type of stuff, like, you know, like the Duncan Lamp, the, the you know, you know, the Michigan, the, the OKC. I only started kind of getting that because I kind of just follow where my interests bring me. But I've been doing a lot of theory, and I you know do theory a lot as well. And I'm going to be doing Agoras class or Agoras class theory, which is you know Konkin's class theory. And I have uh, uh, Aaron from Timeline Earth coming on because anyone know is familiar with him? He is uh, he is a uh, he's a semi fan of agorism. He also has like a weird aesthetic for like uh, commie stuff, which anyone who knows class theory is highly uh, related to like commie stuff. Has a lot of commie implications. Uh, so that should be fun. And then I, the next, I have another OKC uh, series coming on that following Tuesday, uh, or OKC, uh, episode. So we're continuing. I took like a month off cause, uh, Richard Booth had some uh, schedule stuff that came up, but, uh, we, I think we'll probably knock it out in like two or th- two or three more episodes, at least two episodes. Uh, and hopefully we can knock that out in this month. Cause I think his schedule's going to get weird after that, but, uh, it, it should be coming to an end there. I highly suggest going to check out the series. There's a lot there. Share it around if you can. It's doing pretty decent numbers, like really good numbers. Is I'm really surprised how many people really got into it because you know, anytime you do like a long series, you know people are gonna like. You're probably gonna like lose people because people are like, oh my god, I don't want to watch 20 hours or something. But I'm kind of surprised the uh, support this has gotten. It's probably the thing I've gotten the most compliments and stuff on. So, and that's all due to Richard Booth. So I highly suggest you guys go check him out. Uh, he's definitely, you know, it's all thanks to him. So, but uh, yeah. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's been fun. Um, I'm always glad to come on again whenever you want. So, yeah. Oh, definitely do. We'll definitely have to have you on again. It was a blast. We, we appreciate mm-hmm. you uh, coming on. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. 
All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, it's a great chat. And uh, we will be back next time. I think we have some stuff lined up for next week. Uh, but you might see us over the weekend. You'll see Eric on Naturalist Capitalist Read Coverdale's channel with the Four Horsemen this Sunday. Sunday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Ryan Dawson, Reed Coverdale, myself, and Mr. Phil Labont from the band All That Remains. So that will be a fun uh, episode. Be a lot of Maybe Lindsey Graham will pop in. Who knows? Lindsey Graham will pop in. Yeah. But, yeah, thanks for coming on, Jose. I love what you do, man. You're, oh, yeah. Following you're... week, I'm doing a Four Pony Boys, and we have Phil Labonte on. Uh... <laughs> 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 and Ryan Pony? Yeah. Gen I just think of the song My Pony by Genuine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Five yeah. <laughs> My Gallison Riding Gallison's okay. pony We're going to end on a song We love you guys, uh, peace and we'll see you next time